Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. Yeah. You may ask yourself, well, Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show. It's a terrific show. It's a tremendous show. Frankly, you know what? It's the best and you can ask anyone. And that's the question I'm going to introduce the show with. How did we get here? Donald Trump is the freaking president. The tolerant, peaceful side is perpetuating and advocating violence. Our pets' heads are falling off. How did we get here? How did I get here? This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. And I need your help to answer these questions. And tonight we've recruited another one of YouTube's smartest to help me answer these questions. It's returning guest, friend of the show, Roaming Millennial. Welcome. Hey. Thanks so much for having me again, you guys. Happy to have you back. If you, uh, if you don't know her by now, you suck at the internet. But you can find her links <laughs> in the podcast description. I'm riled up. I'm fired up. This was a crazy week. Uh, I, I feel very satisfied, very enraged, very confused. I don't know. All the topics tonight. All the topics tonight are going to be inauguration related, protest related, or both. But the one thing I can't get over in all the, atop, all the topics we're going to discuss tonight is this creeping legitimization of violence as a response to ideas or thoughts. And that is the worrisome trend that ties all of this together, all of these topics together for me tonight. So specifically, uh, we'll start off the show with Blonde telling us about her experience at Milo's speaking event at the University of Washington in Seattle on Friday night. We will, uh, of course, cover the highlights of the inauguration protest uh, in DC. We'll talk about the inaugural address itself and some of the media reactions to it. We will talk about Richard Spencer getting punched on camera and how I am coming to view this as an intellectual litmus test. I'll explain that later. And plus, we will, uh, we will endure the horror, the unfortunate terror that was several of the speakers at the Women's March in D.C. <laughs> over the weekend. What a weekend of craziness, my God. It'll be all this and more on your favorite hour of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing emailing us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Remember, there's more of the show on the audio platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher. Get extra stuff there. And guess what? This week, I finally got the show on Google Play. Only like six months later, I finally got the show on Google Play. So if Google Play is the home of your podcast, you can get the show there. It's linked in the description for you. That's all I got. I, I'm too frustrated and winded to carry on with this. You went to see Milo. I did. I did. I did not actually get in. And I didn't even know that he spoke until I got home. That's how crazy it was. They let like, I don't know, 100 or 200 people in in the first 20 minutes, probably before I even got there, an hour before the doors opened. And then they didn't let in anybody else. And he did his whole speech with like a, a thousand people outside waiting. Yeah, I watched mm. the event the night of. And my first thought was, holy cow, it's like a third or a half full. Like, has he lost his mojo? 
no people no people don't care anymore or what? i was out there waiting trying to get in and the cops yeah. were saying it's shut down um yeah yeah so nothing really happened for the first 30 or 45 minutes there were like two thousand people waiting outside um some protesters came by they all were masked and they like flipped off people's hats and stuff they were doing obnoxious stuff like that they wouldn't take Those off their rebels masks. oh i know right <laughs> um and then i got closer to all this Antifa crowd because they were stacked um, like up the stairs. It was like rows of protesters. And then behind them was a wall of police. So the police weren't, they, they weren't in between the protesters and the Trump um, supporters. They were behind them. And so the police weren't really doing anything. They didn't prevent this shooting. Um, but once I got up to this crowd, you know, a woman was, was screaming in my ear in a megaphone trying to make me leave the premises. And she told me that filming was illegal. Um, and then this guy went up to me and went like this. And then another guy um, pretend like he got up in my face like he was going to punch me in the face because I pulled his um, I pulled his sign down. He was trying to block my camera. Um, and uh, yeah, and then somebody knocked my phone out of my hand. And then I saw a bunch of protesters kind of descend in that area and just start smashing it with rocks. And by then and then I got maced a little bit. Um, and by then um, the Marine I was with just pulled me out of the crowd. He's like, we have to leave. This is too dangerous. And so I didn't even see what happened to my phone. Like, I don't even I didn't even see any of the pieces of it. I just saw people smashing it. Like, I heard people like descend on it with the, all these rocks and stuff. the piranhas. Yeah, the piranhas circled yeah, you again. Yeah. And then this guy came right up to me um, and he looked me dead in the eyes and he goes, you need to leave or I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> it's a man like a like a full grown man, like 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 looked in my eyes that didn't give a shit that I was a woman and he wanted to be violent. And he wasn't even the first person I was getting pushed and shoved. They didn't care. They were assaulting women left, right and sideways. It was unbelievable. I and I don't know. The, the take home from this for me is that we cannot coexist with these people. There's no way. It's never going to work. We all need to live in separate areas. They can have Seattle. I'm done. I'm done. I, I just I can't I can't ever do this again. The city's filled with retards. Well, I, I wish I wish I could shut you down with blonde Fuhrer talk again. But <laughs> after the week that was, it's getting harder to do that. Because I know. I, I'm it's... afraid that this stuff is becoming less fringe and that the reality that we don't share values uh, or critical cultural components with these people. I, I, I don't know what to say. I said it last week. I think that so many of these people are unavailable to reason right, that I don't right. know what you're supposed to do. How, how could someone like any of us here walk into that crowd that was at Milo or walk into the women's march that we'll discuss or walk into the inaugural protest that we'll discuss and say, hey – reasonable person who voted Trump here uh, and expect not to be borderline assaulted or actually assaulted at this right, point. Right, right. I've and, heard Stefan Molyneux say that 10% of people are persuadable as far as like being presented with facts are concerned. And I think that that's true. Like 90% of the people in the crowd I just knew were, were on emotion and that, that, you know, even if I showed them that Milo was gay and Jewish, it doesn't matter. They're still going to call him a sexist, racist, homophobe. It, it, they don't care about facts. They just want to be violent. And what's scary to me is that even, you know, even if the, it's a small minority that is actually being violent, the, I don't know, the unwillingness to actually condemn that violence by other people is what really scares me personally. Oh, like, yeah. Even if 99% of people wouldn't harass someone, you know, like that, who was a Trump supporter, the fact that they don't see anything wrong with the people who do, it frightens me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there was this teenager that got punched in the face. And this kid looked like he was like 16. He's covered in blood. He's covered in paint. He's with his dad. Um, and then when I was searching for footage that I had lost online, I saw him talking to some girl, some bitchy college girl that came up to him after and was like, oh, so you're just going to go ahead and tell the media that this wasn't your fault, that you didn't do anything to deserve this. <laughs> and he's just this little kid. And he's just like, well, I didn't do anything to deserve this. And she's like, fine, just keep perpetuating this lie, you liar. And oh this kid's goodness. bleeding. He's just a this bitch college student. I tweeted about her. And <sighs> if anybody knows who she is, we should find her and publicly shame her. <laughs> the conflation of words and action, man. And I know I, I can't, I can't get over this. Uh, so I'm so excited to talk about the Spencer incident later. <sighs> this idea that certain thoughts, certain ideas, certain words, uh, ha can be, can receive a just, uh, can receive a violent response in justified fashion. That if you think the wrong thing or you say the wrong thing, um, you should be hit or you should be assaulted or, or whatever right, right. to, to roaming's point about the, cause I share that I grant that the people per, actually doing the acts, the violent acts are, are, I, I hope, and I believe still to be small and still to be fringe, but there are plenty of enablers and apologists. Right. One of whom is the media. 
I mean, right. the media coverage of this event was absurd. Let's take a look at, is it, how do they say it in Seattle? Kiro, K-I-R-O-7? I think, I think Kiro 7, yeah. Let's, um, let's take a look at this. So you go to their bullet points, key developments. Um, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos is considered a leading voice on the alt-right and is an extremist. Okay. And they actually took down white nationalist or white supremacist <laughs> language from earlier. And then you scroll down, but, but protesters threw rocks, fireworks, and other items at officers. Oh yeah. They're protesters. They're not rioters. They're, not rioters, they're, they're yeah. protesters perpetuating violent action, but they're not rioters. They're just protesters doing this stuff. Yet Milo's the extremist. Milo's the extremist in this situation. And there's more than that too. There's this um, other coverage, or it's it's not actually the fault of the media here, but the um, the president of the college, UW President Anna Marie Kaus, Kaus, released a statement late Friday uh, following the shooting. It reads in part, it is an outrage that anyone would resort to violence in the middle of this otherwise peaceful protest. Oh, bullshit. I love that language. It's like, Otherwise. yeah, somebody got shot. Yeah, they threw stuff at cops. But other than that, other than <laughs> that, know, Mrs. I Lincoln, know. how was the play? Uh, let's put it that way. <laughs> and I heard Kiro7 um, say uh, they had a little clips from maybe the dean or something like that. So one of the professors. And she was saying, um, if we could have dealt with this white supremacist as a community, this wouldn't have happened. And this was just peaceful protesting. And uh, I, I love that. Like, yeah, you know, th there was there were some things that happened that were not great. But he's a white supremacist. Right, so right. Not yeah. really our fault. And then I was watching the police talk about it. And they're like, well, I think we did a really great job of keeping the peace. I'm like, all I saw were fights breaking out. And then someone got shot. The police were <laughs> doing dick. They were just standing behind the protesters. They weren't protecting anybody. And then they allowed thousands of people to wear masks. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? I was just yelling at these people. I'm like, take off your mask. They're, fuck you, fuck you. And they're throwing paint and all sorts of stuff. It's like, of course, these people are going to be emboldened when when they don't, when they're not identifiable. It's not yeah. fucking rocket science. I love that. The same dudes wearing masks are the same ones going home to their mom's basement to dox other people on the internet. Yeah. The same people. Yeah, definitely. God, it Ridiculous. was it was just unreal. I'm so disappointed. Well, the speech was all right. I'm glad I got to watch it from, <laughs> yeah. from the confines of my wilderness home, yeah, my fortress yeah. on the mountaintop where no one can come get me. Yeah, oh, can was, we uh, talk about this shooting a little bit, though? Yeah, you can. Exp I don't know the facts of the shooting. So, yeah, I just do read about that. a little bit. It's still some details are coming out. But the first reports that I got about the shooting that happened at UW at Milo was that it was a um, Trump supporter that shot a protester. And this was reported in the Seattle Times and some other stuff. Um, and then I went on CNN, I went on MSNBC this morning or yesterday morning, and there was nothing about it, nothing. And I was like, if there was a Trump supporter that shot a, a protester, this would be wall to wall coverage on every mainstream media outlet, you know, ad nauseum. And so I knew the story was bullshit. Turns out that, at least from the last report I read, that it was a Hillary supporter that shot a Bernie supporter because he mistook an anti-Nazi tattoo that the guy had. And shot him in the stomach. An anti-Nazi tattoo. I don't know. I've only read one report of this. It was, I think it was Seattle <laughs> Times that I read it on. And I haven't confirmed it with any other sources. But that seems to be what happened. And he also was released with no charges yesterday. I've just, I've never heard of such a thing, to be honest. Well, I mean, neither have I, but they were white so nationalist and Nazi a, tattoos. But anti-Nazi tattoo? Anti-Nazi, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't That's just funny to me. It's just unfucking real. But they were so eager to present it as, um, you know, as a Trump supporter that shot him. And then they always have to do this backtrack game. And then the mainstream media just dropped this story, even though they had totally misrepresented it. And now no one cares anymore. So I feel compelled to talk about it. That That's always the case, though. There's so many instances where they've misrepresented something. And then they have, you know, issued retractions. But by then, no one cares right, about right. it anymore. It's not sensationalism. Exactly. And so, you know, probably 80% of the people who saw the original story never get it corrected in their minds. right. Right. It was like the retraction that CNN issued um, when they edited that clip of that girl that said, um, you know, take this violence to the suburbs. They edited that out. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody saw the retraction. It was days later. And it's like, well, the damage has been done. And they just do this over and over again. They never learn their lesson. They don't care. They have no integrity. Well, they'll they'll, they'll play the like, uh, you know, the wrong story maybe once an hour, but they, they'll only air the retraction once. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much the summary. Ugh. I'm just wiped out. I don't know. I know. I know. And this that's like the blip on the radar that was this week. That's what's driving know, me nuts is like I can deal with these things in isolation where I'm like, OK, some crazy people did this. Some crazy people did that. It's a country of three million people or 300 million people. 
you know, crazy stuff's going to go down once in a while. It, it, it's it's up and up and up and up and up. Okay, we've got a nice growth pattern going on with the extremist craziness and uh, plenty of people who are willing to to sit around justifying it or or try to explain it through, I don't know, bullshit apologism than actually just say that wrong is wrong. Okay, right, even when right. it works, mm-hmm. even when it's inconvenient for me, wrong is wrong. So, do you think so. that this was peak leftist? violence um because of the inauguration and that it'll kind of wind down now or is this the start of kind of a really hostile political climate that we've underestimated well i would say seeing as how it's been so well received by the media and everyone i don't think they have any any incentive to stop it why they're the heroes right now they're standing up for what they believe in they're you know supporting women's rights all these all these things they're saying about them are all positive so right right there's no reason for them to de-escalate Yeah, Yeah, but I think the average American is like really over this, you know, people don't want to be harassed just doing just going about their day. And I think they're starting to see that they're calling everyone a Nazi now. Mm -hmm. There were people just marching down the lines like Nazi, 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 Nazi. It's like there are thousands of people here. You really think that all these people are Nazis? They do. They really think that. Yeah, honestly. I mean, when they've persuaded themselves that they have this moral authority over half the country. And it's that moral authority that allows them to justify insanely immoral things because it's in pursuit of a higher morality. Right, right, right. Yeah. I want to talk about some of, while we're talking about some of this wildly immoral behavior, this complete parade of degeneracy. That was, I mean, we thought what we saw in Cleveland, I remember referring to it at the time with Owen, the degeneracy parade that went from the public square to the actual event in the Quicken Loans arena. What the clips I've seen out of DC are far worse than anything we witnessed in Cleveland. I want to, I want to share that first to, to give some context to what we're talking about. This is uh, throughout the day, like Thursday and Friday in DC. Let's take a look here. For all of that resistance, for all of that opposition, Donald J. Trump is now president of the United States. The classic clip of the week. Okay, uh, so there they are smashing a Starbucks. Note what this guy says because it's going to be important at the end. Fuck that. Fuck Trump. Let me play that once more. Window smashing, more cheering. They set a limo on fire. This this one bothers me the most. It's not violent, but they, they these are in uniform Air Force personnel being told, sorry, this checkpoint is closed. Go around Air Force personnel in uniform. <laughs> This, this is my favorite clip of the week. This little kid sets a fire. Just listen to this. This young man, you were participating in the fire. What's your name? Uh, my name's Carter, and I actually start, kind of started this fire. So why'd you start that fire, Carter? Because I felt like it, and because I'm just uh, saying, screw our president. Okay, well. Can someone please thug life that for me? The look he gives <laughs> oh. to the camera. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, okay, so you, that's the but full where context. where parents? Like, good, I know. Good question. So They're this, probably helping him start fires. This <laughs> is all the context. And then I turn on the nightly news uh, on Friday night, inauguration night. And this is what Lester Holt has to say. I love this. Oh, there you have it. Chaos as police and riot gear have been clashing with a small group of violent protesters, smashing windows and setting fires. It's not even clear they're anti-Trump protesters specifically or just people <gasps> looking to cause trouble. There have been over 200 arrests. Motives unclear. Motives <laughs> unclear. He he said he did it for a law prior, but we'll never know. They said fuck Trump, but uh, they might have just been confused. It's a mystery to us all. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're telling me, Lester Holt, that if if it's Hillary's inauguration, you think these masked people are, are parading through D.C. smashing businesses? Clearly, even if we don't Could know be by anyone. Their, yeah. yeah. Co- coincidentally, you know, this inauguration time, but it's too unclear. Can't say. <laughs> right, right. They, they might be back next weekend. Who knows? Yeah, really. <laughs> But they can release a dossier of unsubstantiated information and be like, you decide. Right. Well, yeah. 
It was a moldy scone from Starbucks that prompted the whole thing. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. But to my earlier point about this, not this is my point. This is the same weekend as the Milo thing, the same weekend as the Richard Spencer thing, the same weekend as all this, this other, these other examples. It's not fringe anymore. It's not isolated. We need to, and we need media to, if you can't be critical of this, what are you going to be critical of? Oh, it was a small group of, of protesters. And really, you know, they don't represent the whole, we don't even know why they were there. Well, they keep popping up with a high degree of frequency. They, they are showing up more and more frequently. Can we call a spade a spade? No. Gag. We can't, apparently. <laughs> and I, I follow tons of, you know, just mainstream media Twitter accounts. And, you know, scrolling through the feed, I think the only the only account I saw to actually label the pr protests as, you know, violent or riots was the New York Times. And I remember thinking like, oh, wow, they've actually called them violent. I was so impressed by that little thing because literally no one else had done that. CNN hadn't done that. Huffington Post hadn't done that. They, they just mentioned how numerous the, the protesters were. That's it. Hmm. Well, there is some good news here. If you want some good news, if you're itching for good news, like I am, uh, check this out. Uh, felony, uh, majority of 230 protesters arrested on Inauguration Day will face uh, up to 10 years in prison and $25,000 fine for felony rioting charges. Those would be maximum sentences. But 230 charges, 230 arrests, 230 charges, felony rioting, uh, federal prosecutors have filed the charges. So there is hope. I mean, lock, get, throw the book at them, please. We we need to make an example of this nonsensical behavior. Remember, and of course, this all comes in the context, too, of Hillary saying, well, the peaceful transition of power and accepting the results of election is a <laughs> hallmark of our democracy. And how it's disgusting that anyone would even cast out. Yet here they are. Hey, Hillary. Why don't you come out from your Chappaqua wilderness hike and start talking about how this is crap? Oh, that's right. It's not convenient for you. Yeah. It's, it's not convenient for your political purposes. I saw a great tweet this week. It's kind of a, a tangent, but a tweet that just said, so is Hillary still doing those black church visits or is that just a campaign thing? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe she's busy at a black church sermon and she can't come out and talk about this stuff. But every yeah. boogeyman that was said about, ooh, these Trump supporters do this violent stuff and they believe these crazy things and they're going to destroy our... Every boogeyman warning they have, they, they, they gave us, they are realizing in full. There is a, there's this one Sally Cohn tweet. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, yeah. You know, the difference, if, if, if Hillary loses, Hillary supporters will be sad. If Trump loses, Trump supporters will be angry. That's an important difference. And it's like we can see right, right. now that that is not the case. Yeah. They're not just sad. They're angry. They're violent. Did she delete that tweet? Um, I'm not sure. I, I didn't see it on her actual feed. I only saw it when someone made a video about it. I think it was Sargon. Oh, man. Yeah. It's fun to revisit those uh, those pre-election oh, uh, tweets. I know. I love oh, it. Yeah. The Lauren Duca one this week was my oh, favorite. Oh, very excellent. Yeah. That was in um, the Ralph Retorts coverage of the Duca-Shrelly controversy that we talked about last week. But gosh, what was the tweet? Um, Something about white males. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Gosh, ah, whatever. I'm wasting time here. <laughs> we'll move on. Lauren, you're welcome on the show anytime. Same with Martin Schrelly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, Mar I haven't heard from Martin after he bailed out of UC Davis. I, I hope, I hope, dear Martin. What, did he okay. go to the deplorable? Oh, he probably did. You're right. Oh, by the way, you know who was lurking outside deplorable? I don't have the image up, but. Our guy, Daryl Lamont Jenkins, busting Nazis outside the deplorable. Congratulations. Uh, he's always Happy creeping. Inconspicuously yeah. because of his size and demeanor. Now, <clears throat> the, the point that um, Rowing made earlier about the enabling of all of this and the lack of the critical eye being applied to this absolutely degenerate behavior, again, applies to the media. Because how is all of this acceptable? Well, it's acceptable if Hitler is the president, okay? If Hitler is the president, it's acceptable to start smashing things in resistance. So if you watched the inauguration speech like I did, I think it was probably a little, certainly different in style than President Obama would have done or other presidents. However, I did not walk away with the apocalyptic takeaways that apparently MSNBC did. Check this out. Americans want great schools for their children, safe neighborhoods for their families, and good jobs 
for themselves. These are just and reasonable demands of righteous people and a righteous public. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. This okay, so who did that guy, uh, did that remind you of a certain historical figure, either of you? <laughs> I felt it was Hitlerian. That's correct. Hitlerian. That's yeah, precisely definitely. the word. Did you cheat? Did you look at the show notes and you might have cheated? Yeah, I, I, I had seen that. Clip. Okay, so you cheated. No, I, but I was just the, the overt anti-Semitic overtone. <laughs> correct. You know. <laughs> okay, so when Rachel Maddow dies, uh, eventually, Roaming Millennial can replace her. Yeah. Isn't it also Here we go. repeating, the new president also repeating that there are our, 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 our guiding principle will be America first, America first. We know how he has used that as a campaign slogan that does also have very dark echoes in American history. There was an America first committee that formed in this country, hundreds of thousands of people in this country, some of the richest businessmen in the country, many of them were anti-Semitic, part of why they weren't alarmed by Hitler's rise what? in Germany. The America first committee um, is something that means a specific thing in this country. When he said today, America first, it was not just the racial, I mean, the, I should say racial, the Hitlerian uh, background to it, but it was the uh, message I kept thinking, what does Theresa May think of this this morning when she picks up the papers and says, oh my God, what did he just say? He said, America first. What happened to the special relationship? What if you're Putin? You're probably pounding the table saying, that's what I've been saying. Russia first. Yeah. Russia first. The, uh, this old bullying message to him. God, are you trying to make my brain explode, Skag? <laughs> hey, I did all the hard work of putting all this together. How do you think I felt? America first. <laughs> God, that seems so basic, like such a basic concept that should be held by everybody that loves their country. Yeah, no, but I love I love how it's now politically in, incorrect to say that you want your country's interests to yeah. come first. It's. Uh, what else like is that not what your head well, of state is, should think right i mean think about it in your personal life you say to your to your significant other your spouse like you are the most important person to me you say to your children nothing comes before you in my mind but then in the context of of your country did, saying you love your country above all other countries is not doesn't mean you hate other countries it just means right, you have think, a, a right. priority stack he, he even made it clear that he wants to like form new alliances with other countries and that he wants to work in conjunction with them. Just that, you know, those whatever those alliances will be made with the idea that you know, America comes first. But he, he did make it explicitly clear that he's not looking to screw over other countries. So I, I don't know what else they could want from the speech. I did. You know, some people might bust me because I did do a little a little took liberties in editing the clip. I did cut out the part where he said, you know. Hitler's ideas weren't all bad. <laughs> we can borrow some. America first. Uh, and we'll start with the camps tomorrow. That was apparently, <laughs> that was apparently the part uh, I cut out, you know. But, Which um, is too bad because that is what spoke to me personally. The most. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I love the, all the jokes too. I got busted on Twitter by a couple people for making the joke that at, right after the, the oath was sworn, I said, hey, it's Trump's America now. I'm off to just pull hijabs for the rest of the day. <laughs> I got, you know, yeah, a couple really. people like, oh, how dare you joke about that sort of thing? That's disgusting. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. You can't yeah. you can't even joke with these people about it. You're the ones who made the joke because it's not even really happening. You're the ones who <laughs> lied and made that a meme. And I'm just using the meme. No, Don't it's, lie it's about it. It's virtue signaling. They're saying that they they hate it so much more than you. They wouldn't even consider joking about it because that's <laughs> so, so serious. They, they wouldn't uh. even Okay, um, we're moving through this stuff faster than I thought we were, but th this might be good because this has gotten to the topic that I probably feel most passionately about tonight, which is uh, unfortunately another example of violence. But um, but Richard Spencer, the the quote unquote, I don't know, I don't want to get in trouble with the out alt right people for saying the wrong thing. My understanding is he invented the term. Alt right. This is the the national is National Policy Institute NPI yes. guy, mm -hmm. controversial figure. You know, I think it is it fair to say that he's is it fair to say he's a white nationalist? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Definitely. He believes in an ethno state. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. 
he's doing his usual shtick, you know, walking around DC doing interviews, talking to people, saying, our people, we got to save our country for our people. Again, I'm acknowledging that I might not be characterizing him 100% accurately. Please send your hate mail to beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. I get it. But you're going to be happy with me in a second because I don't care what Richard Spencer's views are. What happened to him is not okay and is not justified. Right. Let's take a look. Uh, Richard Spencer is speaking to, I don't know who exactly, but he's giving an interview here. To be honest, like this is where this is where we are. I've given conferences for for ages, and uh, we'll usually expect some protesters. They'll do silly string or something like that. We've entered this new world where the leftist protesters. No, I'm not a neo-Nazi. You like black people? Neo-Nazis don't love me. They kind of hate me. Actually, those people don't like me. Are you like the hipster version of the neo-Nazi movement? It's uh, Pepe's become kind of a symbol. Oh, and somebody just comes and sucker punches him from the side. And my big disappointment is that plenty of people, a lot of friends of mine who I otherwise consider to be intelligent people, seem to think that this is completely justified, completely okay. One one such example of coming here, Keith Olbermann on Real Time on Friday night. Let's have a In some cases, it's more eloquent than, I mean, was it, which was smarter, well, doing it that way or breaking windows at Starbucks for no reason? Now, I'll give you, no, punching, punching no. the Nazi in the face today, I'm, I'm not a fan of gratuitous violence, but that wasn't gratuitous, so I think right. it has a place, but breaking windows at Starbucks well, is meaningless. But I think what we should... And not one person on that panel, there were, there were three guests, Bill Maher and Keith Olbermann, not one person challenges him on the idea that certain ideas or thoughts should be met with violence in response. Not one person. Oh my God. Are you surprised though? Don't you remember his rant about Russia? That guy totally melted down. Keith Olbermann. Well, I mean, I'd like to say that that opinion again is fringe, but it's not. I see plenty of my friends posting this stuff on Facebook. Oh yeah. Look at this Nazi getting what he, getting what he deserves. And it's like, okay, first off, I don't, I don't, I'm not defending his views, but I don't care what his views are. I don't care if he's right, writing right. Mein Kampf 2 right now. I really don't. He can talk to people on the street. This is my whole point. I thought it was, I disagree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Not, right, I disagree right, right. with what you say, but I'll punch you in the fucking face. Well, the sense of moral it. superiority that the left has, it makes them think that it's their responsibility to change the value system that is, you know, that, that people hold. And you, you can't really do that, but they think that they are on a mission that what they're doing, you know, uh, is justified. And that's what makes them so dangerous. Right. It's kind of the, uh, they will learn of our peaceful ways through force sort of right. thing. And <laughs> what's, what scares yeah. me so much about it is, you know, people say like, oh, I mean, you're, come on, you're defending a Nazi. Like, obviously it's okay to hate on Nazis. But the thing is, I get called a Nazi every day. All the I'm time. Sure, I'm yeah. sure you guys have too. So oh, yeah. it, that word is pretty much meaningless now. So if it's okay to just go around punching Nazis, who decides who is and who is not a Nazi? Yeah. Because right. I mean, Richard Spencer has come out and said, no, I'm not a Nazi. Like, this is what I believe. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't agree with what that guy says. I think he's pretty, pretty dang racist and overtly so. But he's still n like not saying we should round up the Jews and gas them. Right, right. Yeah. And, and he's and, not deceptive. And I'll give him that. He, he is like yeah, out there with what he believes. And he, I feel like he's really transparent. And also, I've never seen any kind of violence from um, anybody that, that no. defines themselves as a white nationalist. I never see this shit from people that are supposedly fascists. It's right. only can, Antifa. Can I start punching socialists? Can I start punching commies? Right. I, I mean, mean, they are they yeah, are responsible so. for just as much suffering and death. Their ideology is. Can I start punching them? I want to show you a-, a uh, Way more, way more suffering. A death. smaller, check this out. So if you, I don't know if it will adjust the frame for you guys, but I'll share with the stream here. If you look at the sign behind Spencer here, white lives matter too much. White lives matter too much. Now that is- at least as inflammatory as anything rich I've ever heard Richard Spencer say, perhaps more so. So mm -hmm. can I punch I've that person? I've never heard Richard say that black lives don't matter or they don't matter right. as much as white lives. I've never heard him say anything that racist before. I, and I, I just don't listen to him enough to know, but and from, some from, what I, from what I've heard of him and like, again, I'm not a huge Richard Spencer fan, but from what I've like kind of gathered is that he doesn't, hate the other races he just thinks that we should you know go back to segregation like your country for you our country for us i mean and again i don't agree with that uh you know that whole racial aspect of 
I don't know, dividing cultures based on what we look like. But still, that's that's very different from saying that black lives don't matter or that right, black right. people should, I don't know, be slaves again or whatever it is that they think he's saying. Mm-hmm. Well, and they keep they keep what I understand um, to be misattributing a quote to him about black genocide. I see that circulating Twitter and it's disputed whether he actually said that or not. Even still, the the context of the quote is like question. He's He's asking questions about it. Now, I grant that's, an awful idea. Okay, I grant that's an awful idea. First off, it seems he didn't write it. So some people can correct me on that um, if it's true. But even if he did, even if he did, you can write about genocide. Okay, mm-hmm. in my opinion, Hitler was not brought down for writing Mein Kampf. He was brought down for actually genociding. Yeah. And until yeah, we right. start actually genociding, I don't want to see this crap because the precedent of some ideas being off the table from discussion, from sharing, from thought, and that, that they should be taken down. I, I mean, if, if they can be legitimately taken down through force with violence on the street and you think that's fine, what's, I mean, the next logical step is they should not be legal at all. Right. Why wouldn't we just punish them legally rather than dealing with vigilante justice to stop them? Mm-hmm. Stop the, it before they even say it. Right. I, I can't believe... Um, the amount of my friends who seem to be celebrating this, it's driving me up the wall. I, I, I swear they're intelligent in other contexts, but that's why I call this a litmus test. It's like, if you think some ideas by virtue of their thought, by virtue of their very existence should be met with violence, we got major problems. We got big time value disagreements, big oh, yeah. time cultural disagreements. And I would ask right. you what the purpose of the first amendment is in your mind. Mm-hmm. Well, there, it's also this idea of violent speech, right? The yeah. the idea that words can in and of themselves be violent. And, you know, we can have that debate about, you know, what exactly constitute constitutes a threat under your physical safety. But now that's it's been removed to just ideas I don't like. Yeah. Which is it's terrifying. And the thing is, you know, I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not a white nationalist. But just defending his right to Depends speak. Depends who you has, ask. Exactly, exactly. Some people on Twitter would disagree with me there. But uh, just today, just I think you and I got outed by the same person on Twitter, actually, if I recall. I forget who that there, was. That um, oh, it, it was. I don't want to get into it. It was like guy with the Gatorade avatar or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, I I muted him a while ago just because he. No matter what I tweeted, like the most knockless thing, he would just like blow up my mentions. So I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, he did the same um, thing to me. Yeah, but here's his 15 know, minutes of fame. I shouldn't have brought it up. Sorry. <laughs> Go, try to find him, you know, spam him. But anyway, yeah. yeah, so the idea that just defending someone's right to speak now means automatically that you agree with them and support them and are, you know, complicit in their views is is also kind of grinding my gears lately. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was, um, you know, it's a uh, guest who was on last week, that guy T, with, um, because w- he had said, oh, you know what, I find Richard Spencer to be kind of intriguing or interesting, or he, I think the word he used that pissed people off was refreshing, right, by which he right, means right. like, here's some, you know, dangerous ideas yeah, yeah. that are now being expressed. I find interest in that. And of course, the mental midgets come out, oh, he's a Nazi. He sympathizes with Nazis. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I am interested in hearing what Spencer has to say, too just to hear, I'd like to hear the reasoning. Does that mean I agree with it? Does that mean I'm saying Spencer for president? Is, is it? Wh- no, but they want to control the information that you're exposed to because they think that it's better, you know, that they know better than you do. Um, whether or not, you know, white supremacists are going to form militias and stuff like that. I, that's what they really yeah. think is going to happen. If people are exposed to these ideas that they will be, um, they'll spread like wildfire and then suddenly we'll all be in militias. I mean, they must think that there's violence down the road if we are exposed to these ideas. I want to know why bad ideas are bad. I don't want bad ideas to be banned from my brain. I want to know, that's a bad idea. Let me tell you why. And to do right. that, I have to hear people like Spencer talk. So I can say, yeah, you know, I don't think Spencer considers X, Y, and Z. I think he's wrong about that. That's why his ideas are bad. That's the way it works. Okay? Yeah. And- if- and I think something that Milo has said before is that sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? Like you, we don't need to be afraid of bad ideas because if they're bad ideas, then they're going to lose in the, you know, free marketplace of dialogue. We don't, we don't need to worry about that. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about a bunch of people seeing, I don't know, Francesca Ramsey's videos because I think they'll, you know, if, if you're a well-reasoned individual <laughs> right, right. who isn't prejudiced, you're going to see how ridiculous they are. So I don't feel the need to censor her. Like, I don't feel the need to censor Richard Spencer because I, I know his ideas are ridiculous. So yeah, he can spout them all, all he wants. <sighs> okay. 
Thank you for that. I now feel, <laughs> I feel better. I feel better because I've basically refrained from Facebook fighting about this because I know it's going to damage, damage friendships that I just don't, it'd be a shame to damage them over this, but I'm just, I, I see people like, oh, how can you celebrate this? How do you think this is a good thing? How can you be happy about this? So it's very, because they're personal reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like guess. look, look how much I hate Nazis. I think it's okay that this guy, who's not even a Nazi, but we like to call him that, was punched. Therefore, like I don't know what the reasoning behind it is, but it's definitely virtue signaling. All the while, I just can't get over the irony of the the overtly racist sign behind him. Oh, but that's <laughs> not racist because they have the privilege and the power. So you know, well, the black people can't be racist. We can't be racist to white people. So it doesn't work that way. All I'm saying is. If Richard Spencer is holding up a sign that says black lives don't matter or um, black lives matter too much and gets punched, you're like, oh, what a hero. And then if he punches, if Richard Spencer turns around and punches that person behind him with the white lives matter too much, what a racist, what a Nazi. Yeah. You got to have consistency. You got to have principles, even when it's inconvenient. And I know in this case, it's inconvenient for all of us here because all of us are here with varying degrees of disagreement um, with Richard Spencer. And all of us are probably uncomfortable to a certain degree with defending him. But you know what? Principles and consistency demand it. And that is why we all do it. Even for people. Look, I'll say the same thing for the the degenerates at the Milo protest or for the degenerates at the inauguration protest or the degenerates at the women's March. You should not be punched. Ashley Judd, who we'll watch in a minute, should not be punched for yeah. her nonsense. As much as cringy as it is, should not be punched for her nonsense. And that's oh, the but difference. I want to punch her. Come on. <laughs> and well, you, you, <laughs> go for it. Sorry, something else that I thought was really <laughs> funny. I mean, on Twitter, all the cancer surrounding the whole Richard Spencer thing. There, there are people that were calling him a coward and stuff like that. I mean, I don't like the guy, but he was sucker punched in the face in like in the back of the head by some guy who then ran away. Yeah. Like it's, wearing a mask was, yeah. too. Wearing, wearing a, a mask. mask. Yeah. Was that the brave thing to do in that situation? I know. I, I know. So hmm. well, I can't wait to, I can't wait to be called a Nazi for this episode because we already defended the KKK. So here we are defending <laughs> Richard Spencer. Nope. Sorry. You know what? I'm defending the free speech. I'm defending Bill of Rights values. And that extends to people with God awful ideas. That's the point of those things. But if you guys are comfortable transitioning, since I got a good one here, speaking of God awful ideas, <laughs> Ooh, the, ooh women, nice, nice. the women's March in DC. You want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Yep lot to say about that <laughs> okay well yeah i'm not allowed to talk about it i have to defer to the to the two female members of the show today mm -hmm. but i got some some highlights of the speakers and then i also have some testimony from a, an attendee because my whole point on this on twitter this week was i hate that this is called the women's march it's not representing all women it's just a it's a fringe leftist circle jerk okay you can't walk in there with a maga hat Women with MAGA hats are not welcome in there. You know, they are the, the female Uncle Toms. They can't come. So we'll, we'll check out some testimony uh, to that point, which may or may not be reliable, but I found it interesting. What is reliable is what the speakers, the celebrity speakers actually said. So we'll start off with um, with Michael Moore. You know, Michael Moore's transition is going so quite well. Transition <laughs> at the Women's March. She looks great. Morning. Picked up the Washington Post and the headline read, Trump takes power i don't think so here's the power here's the majority of america right here new president no. vows to end american carnage mr trump we are here to vow to end the trump carnage what the hell is the trump carnage we'll talk about that in a minute what the hell is the trump carnage anyway I'll pick that up later. I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Are you with me? Say this with me. We choose love. I am a nasty woman. Blacks are still 
in shackles and graves just for being black. Slavery has been reinterpreted as the prison system. And I didn't know devils could be resurrected, but I feel Hitler in these streets. A mustache traded for a toupee. Nazis renamed the cabinet electroconversion therapy, the new gas chamber, shaming the gay out of America, turning rainbows into suicide. Notes, I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. She said them. She said the buzzwords. She said them. She said them, guys. Everybody cheer. Woo. Uh, now you're trying to cringe me to death. <laughs> that was hard. That was hard to watch. That's the first time yeah. I watched it in its entirety. No, it is really hard to watch. And the thing is, like, Ashley Judd, I th- like, she's a fine actress. Like, I just as performance, regardless of what you're saying, I just felt that just her, uh, that was just hard to watch for many different reasons. It was uh, like a sensory assault just across the board. <laughs> a sensory assault. That sounds like violence is justified then. If they assaulted you, a violent response would be justified. We solved yeah. it. It would be self-defense. <clears throat> I mean, where do I start? Um, we were talking before the show. I do want to be fair to Ashley Judd in that it was a performance of a poem that somebody else wrote. doesn't make it much better, but um, it's kind of like a slam poetry routine as opposed to like an off-the-cuff speaking thing or something that she wrote. Michael Moore. Um, I love this. We have all the power. Um, yeah, except the presidency, Congress, state legislatures, governorships. Yeah. You, you've got all the power except for that. The yeah. majority is the majority here. Is here. Oh, yeah. oh, how convenient. They all Thanks. showed up <laughs> at this one particular spot. You have no power. And if you don't start looking inward, as instead of pointing fingers, you're going to lose what little power and influence you have left, which is decreasing by the day. And I, I think it's pretty funny that they got someone like Michael Moore to come on, who has been predicting Trump's win for a pretty long time because he was, I think, pretty disen- or, uh, disenchanted with Hillary. But, I mean, the whole thing about Trump's carnage, like what? Yeah, he I don't just, I, I have no idea what they what he means by that. He's been he was not he's been president for like, what, a day when that speech happened? Yeah. And, and the con- the reason he uses the word carnage is because that's the word that, um, that Trump used in the inaugural address. He said basically the carnage ends here and he means uh, specifically inner city crime is what he was talking about. And that is actual carnage. You want to talk about yeah. carnage, Chicago? That's carnage. The Trump carnage. Is this, is this again like metaphorical carnage or verbal carnage? That's what they seem to care more about than actual dead people who have actually been shot. God, these are dangerous women, I got to say. <laughs> well, They are. Rips- I mean, they're telling the general public that, you know, they're telling other stupid women that will listen to them that Trump is going to enslave people and do all these horrible things. Nothing like this is going to happen. These people really believe that their their basic human right, they're going to be stripped of their basic human rights. Is it's there anybody more dangerous than, than somebody that thinks that? Yeah, it's a cult. It is a church of delusion at this point. But it, it, it's shocking to me that so many people go along with it because I think it just goes to show how widespread this misinformation is. Yeah. I mean, because if you if you actually listen to, you know, what Trump or the Republicans are saying, they're not like they were people going on about stuff, you know, tampons or whatever. Like, yeah. Like, are you, do you think that he wants to ban tampons or like is is not giving them to you for free? an infringement of your human rights. I'm not even sure what they're arguing against. I know, I know. They're just what pulling was that the tweet? I can't remember. Maybe you retweeted it, Roaming. I can't remember, but I saw one that said, um, if we have to pay for tampons, they must pay for razors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like... Did Ashley Judson, who yeah? said something about that in their speech? I can't remember, tampons? but is there a free... I mean, can I... Free razor free, service. Right, do I go to Planned Parenthood to get free... <laughs> I always yeah. need a shave, you know? I mean, no, I, I it's... Should... it's... It's in your monthly mail privilege basket. Oh, they send oh, you the razors, right. the extra what, like money yeah. from the you know the higher wages. It's all together. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, I yeah, I need to sign up for that. Is that um you know you register for a selective service when you turn eighteen and uh, yeah yeah maybe yeah, exactly. it comes that way. I guess my name never got into it. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> uh, what else did I have on this? Um, the irony of Madonna. I often think about blowing up the White House and then followed up with we choose love. And then she comes out. Just a sec. Another point of uh, silver lining here. Secret Service is investigating Madonna 
So she's, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's, I, I can show you the story if you want. I know. Um, I read that. They, they can't be seriously investigating her though. I mean. Well, she, she is walking it back too. And yeah, she says, yeah. um, I wanted yeah. to clarify some things. I'm not a violent uh, person. I do not promote violence. And it's important people hear and understand my speech in its entirety rather than one phrase taken wildly out of context. So it's like, what the hell's the context? We've cut the quote. And it was actually, I often think about blowing up the White House, a bunch of balloons to celebrate the new president. I think that was the full <laughs> quote. Or it's Madonna. You know, I often think about blowing the White House, the entire staff. All of them, one by one. Remember, that sounds Madonna. actually more right. Right. Madonna, yeah. <laughs> she famously offered uh, oral sex for uh, for Hillary votes. That was the deal with Madonna. I'm not sure if anyone actually claimed that or would want to claim it. But whatever, no, that's, say that's, what you want to about Madonna. That's actually how Trump ended up winning Pennsylvania. Was <laughs> just solely that. <laughs> because yeah, because voting Trump is the only guaranteed way not to be exactly. filleted by Madonna. Okay, <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There was more here. Um, I mean, what, what more can I say about Ashley Judd? This is just to Blonde's point earlier. I do. I think won't somebody think of the children? You know, I mean, it is unfortunate to indoctrinate a bunch of young women to believe that they are society's victims, uh, as opposed to independent people with all the same rights and privileges as everybody else who can reap the benefits of free society if they put in the hard work and believe in themselves and stick right. to it and but we can't squarely put this on celebrities we have to also put this on feminist mothers and academia and just general you know marxism well speaking of mm -hmm. poor mothers check out this clip this is a quick clip from a, a young girl who went to the women's march with a maga hat this is um this is just their testimony there's no proof that any of this happened so you know like buzzfeed i'm just reporting this and you can decide <laughs> but i did think the testimony was interesting you can decide if you think it's true or not but something to think about tell me tell everybody what happened when you guys were walking alongside the women what happened at the march today well we were walking and we kind of just wanted to go there because i have to take videos for school about the inauguration and the women's march we went there and we were taking videos of and people we were, and we were trying to march with the women and they asked micah to take her hat off or or if she didn't take her hat off she had to leave the, the march how did that make you feel horrible because we're supposed if if they're talking about women's rights and equal, we're not, if we have our Trump hat on and we're there, we're also women there too, so we should be able to march with them. And they, they told me that I'm no good mother because I'm teaching my daughter to be a fascist. Oh my god. <laughs> I just want to give that little girl a hug. Jeez. Yeah. Well, Given... hopefully she won't be a feminist knowing what she knows now, so. Yeah. I mean, given what we see, I I buy it personally. I mean, I can't say it's for sure true or embell not embellished, but I buy it. I could totally see that happening. I, I would also be inclined to believe it just because even before the protest march, whatever actually happened, they were, you know, there were reports coming out. They were saying they don't want even just pro-life women right, in right. general. So I can, I can easily believe it. And that's not a crazy allegation. She's not like saying she got beat up or anything. She's like, they just asked me to leave. That, that rings true to me. Yeah. And that's why it's it's just so mislabeled. I mean, you can dismiss that entirely. But show me the footage of the Women's March where the MAGA hats are, where the pro-Trump women are, where the conservative women are, the pro-life women are, or anyone who doesn't subscribe to this church of abortion on demand, uh, victimized. Free, free, free right. abortion. Free abortion on, on demand. demand. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Government subsidized, all all that stuff. Although, I guess we'll have to get to that point. I don't know. I'm not the Planned Parenthood. People will get pissed at me for implying that plan that government funding goes to abortions when it doesn't. All that stuff. Point is, it's a very specific. It's a very specific ideology. Someone someone was um, at me on Twitter last night saying, "Look how diverse it is." Yeah, okay. There's a lot of different colors there, but is it intellectually diverse? Never. This is this Never. is strict in its worldview. You will conform to your to this uh, particular ideology, or you will get out. You will be banned. And the other irony I, I like in this is Michael Moore. You notice he rips up the paper because ooh, that's such a powerful gesture. You ripped up the paper that says, "Hey, he had the some trouble with that too." Yeah, the, <laughs> the guy that won the election is now the president. Ooh, you defy that. Congratulations. <laughs> and he throws it away and he says, "I'll pick that up later," because of course very socially conscious, very concerned about environmental damage. Not necessarily, not necessarily, because what these, uh, a lot of these women marchers did was go straight to the Trump Hotel in DC and they, let's pull this up here. They left their signs outside the Trump Hotel 
uh, and there's probably thousands of these. It says dozens of signs from protesters in the news coverage. But if you look at the coverage, I mean, this is like a full city block of them just stacked on top. That's, I mean, let's put it this way. It's dozens of dozens. How about that? <laughs> but and and the Trump Hotel set up what looks like a barricade to basically block them. This isn't in, this isn't even on Trump Hotel property, really. This is on the sidewalk. This is just littering. This yeah, is just a public mess. Employee. I know, I know. They're probably that, all men anyway. A bunch up. of men are going to have to clean this shit up. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, and maybe someone can correct me. I mean, maybe, I don't know for sure. Maybe they all went and cleaned them up after this. I can't say that I don't, I mean, it's possible. Oh, you know they didn't. Come on, Scott. I just want to be fair, but. <laughs> point and is, what, what, go sorry, on. go ahead. Well, what frustrates me about the whole women's march thing is that it had nothing to do with women. It was an anti-Trump march, which, hey, if you're going to have an anti-Trump march, that's fine. But don't try to attach it to feminism. Like there, there were all these random tweets, you know, like we march because women's rights are human rights. And it's like, okay, like I, I don't know what that has to do with anything. Like no one's trying to. I mean, you could argue that, you know. Trump is against abortion. If you you know if you're pro-choice, but that's fine. Then make it a pro-choice march. But just under the guise of we are for women, all women. Like no, you're not. You you're for right. your specific brand of yeah. anti-Trump feminism, and and, and right, that's right. it. Right. Not and to not like, to mention oh. the international marches, which <laughs> which well, make these... no sense. In solidarity, we're, we're doing the... this in solidarity. Did I did I just, was there one um in like Kandahar, Afghanistan? Did I it was that one <laughs> or um Saudi Arabia? Did no, catch... just other multicultural Western yeah. societies. Gotcha. I mean, as long as we're protesting, you know, world leaders that we don't like, when was the last time feminists had a march against Bashar al-Assad yeah. or Kim Jong-un? You know, where are those marches? Oh, they don't care. They don't actually care about women's care. rights. No. They care about well, them retaining their element of privilege in Western society. That's all they care about. This And the other church-like component of this, too, this, this church-like belief in victimization, it's like, okay, you're a victim. What should we do? Well, we want equal pay. Yeah, it's been the law since 1963. Okay, next. Right. Uh, we want to have access to education. You already do. You In fact, in fact, you graduate more with higher, higher frequency than men do. Uh, we want uh, abortion. Well, you know, you have a constitutional right to that as of now. Uh, we want all their demands. Uh, every someone, please send me a demand of theirs that is not realized. I don't understand what is the what is the change in the law that you seek that disadvantages women right, right. at this right, point. Right, right, and like that's that's what I wonder. And I, you know, I question: Is it just a lack of education about the U.S. legal system? Do you do they really believe that there are rights that men have that they don't have? I, I would mean, argue I, that it's too much education because I bet most of these women just got liberal arts degrees and they were just indoctrinated with hey, basically like these weren't like STEM women. Back off. Like, <laughs> Some of us are know. smart. But I kept hearing that when I was at Milo. You need to get more, more educated. You need to go to college. You need to get a <laughs> master's degree if you want to understand what voting is about. It's like, don't you realize that the very education that you're touting is what has indoctrinated you and made you retarded? Like, like I can't even talk to you because of what your education has done to you. I just want my kid to go to trade school. <laughs> All right. God. Uh, this well, is so disappointing. It's just been such a disappointing week. And especially I, all well, of those vagina costumes. Not, like, hats. what are you? Hats, yeah. I don't even know what this is. Like, yes, you, you have that sex organ. <laughs> good, good for you. I mean, yeah. at some point, men are going to have to. I mean, I know we have the men's rights movement, we have all this, but we're going to have to take a more comedic approach to parodying these things. I mean, I, look, if people want to do a dick hat march in DC, <laughs> I'll, you know, if I can get there, I'll participate. We, if, of all the things that are also unfortunate about this church of social justice, this church of female victimization, it's the death of comedy and of jokes like i said oh, yeah. you, know, you make these small jokes and people are at you how dare you oh i'm sorry you know i can't i can't make jokes about your ridiculous women's march how dare you can't make jokes about your false hate crime claims how dare you get some comedy back back right. into liberal culture please for the love of god um aziz ansari took a stab at it on saturday night live this week and i remember you might remember back before the election blonde i was trying to defend saturday night live skits and say like oh, i think they're trying to be balanced they went off the rails this week yeah. it was a, it was a sermon from aziz ansari to the church of social justice about victimization and hate crimes are on the rise and blah 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 I, it, it's nonsense i we don't even have time to discuss it but uh 
You, you, you turned out about- to be a tiny little disappointment. He was funny. I can't, yeah, I used to think he was funny. I, I have trouble listening to him anymore, frankly. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once these comedians go on these social justice warrior tirades, I never forget, and I can never go back to loving their comedy. It happened to Chris Rock. It happened to Louis C.K. It happened to Amy Schumer, Aziz Ansari. Now I'm like, fuck you guys. Sorry, I can't listen to any of your shit anymore. <laughs> you polluted it. It's over. Yeah. <sighs> well, speaking of over, we completed an hour. That was a lightning quick hour, but... um like to be Those fair to our guests, we, we ask for an hour and that's what we do, you know? So unless you guys have more to discuss, I'm comfortable with closing it there. Let's close it out. Yeah, I'm good. All righty. Well, that's our guest, Roaming Millennial. You can find her links in the description. You can watch her videos. You can follow her on Twitter. Do all that cool stuff. Thanks for, uh, thanks um, as always to our live viewers and our live chatters. Who keep us uh, honest shit posting away. I hope they did today. I didn't have a chance to take a look. They did. It was cancer. <laughs> if you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform, thank you as well for supporting the show. Uh, if you want to listen on the audio platforms, we offer those extra material. You can find them linked in the description. Like I said, Google Play is the new one. So if you're an Android person, Google Play is your podcast home. You want the audio version? Find it there. Linked in the description. You can always email us. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. We take your questions, requests, or suggestions there. We will be back next Sunday. But sorry, Chuck Tom. If it's Sunday, it's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then.